0: You know, it was for centuries that people thought that Aristotle was one of the best thinkers in all the world. And everybody thought he was right whenever Aristotle claimed that the heavier the object, the faster it would fall to earth. Everybody believed it. Because it was Aristotle. I mean, who who's going to question him? And... Surely he, he can't be wrong. However, no one dared to challenge this belief until about 2,000 years after his death in 1589, Galileo decided to test this theory. Yes, it was Galileo who, who did this. So, so he summoned all these well-learned, bright professors to the one landmark Where this could be easily tested. He summoned them to the legendary Leaning Tower of Pisa. So Galileo takes a one pound weight, a single one pound weight, and a single ten pound weight, takes them to the top of the Tower of Pisa, and at the same time, he gently pushes both of them off the tower. And they both hit the ground at exactly the same time evidently disproving aristotle's claim that the heavier the object the uh, uh, the quicker it, it it reaches the earth however the power of belief in aristotle was so strong that these other professors denied what they had just seen and they continued to, to claim that aristotle was correct I suppose that Aristotle's authority caused even so many intelligent men to deny what they saw with their own eyes. Speaking of authority, our scripture this morning comes from Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. So turn with me in your Bibles to chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, the book of Mark. It says, They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with, with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described it to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him but but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. When it comes to authority, I guess it's safe to say that Jesus definitely has authority. He was always in control of this whole entire situation. He knew exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. And there are certain things this morning from these 20 verses, from the scripture, that we need to take into consideration. Several things that we need to take into consideration. But the first thing that we need to consider this morning is that we know Jesus has authority because the evil spirit feared Jesus. The evil spirit feared Jesus. Again, in verses 1 through 8, it it tells us they came to the other side of the sea is the detailed description of what demon possession really was. We've seen Hollywood attempt to describe it to us and depict it to us through some popular movies. However, this is what it was. Luke even wrote about it in, in, in Luke chapter 8, verse 27. He said, when Jesus had stepped... Out on the land there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. The man lived with the dead which is contrary to Jewish law and this was also inhumane. It was kind of grotesque. He was living among the tombs. And the man possessed strength that could even be considered as unnatural. He just pulled the chains apart, pulled them right off of him, broke them. This poor man was heavily tormented and he even self harmed, cut himself with stones. And we know this because he was crying out and using the stones to cut himself. This man had spontaneous, erratic, and even wild behavior. Since scripture tells us, he could not be tamed. I think it's safe to say that this man definitely did not start out this way. And there was a time when the man lived with his family and with his friends. Down in the village. However, when this irrational and even dangerous behavior began to occur. This probably forced the others to believe that he definitely was demon-possessed or maybe even insane. And when they attempted to bind him to keep him from hurting others, including himself, he just broke the chains off. So they had to force him out of the town or out of the village. And it is assumed that, uh, that they even drove him out of town Evidently near the village cemetery. Can you imagine living among the tombs? Or in a cemetery? This man was now living among the only people or or, or the only person that that he could hurt. Himself. And we must take note this morning that um, Jesus did not seek this man out. All he did was get off the boat. It was the man not under his own power that came to Jesus. It was the evil spirit that came to him. And when Jesus commanded the spirit to come out of the man. Remember what it said in verse 7. And crying out with a loud voice he said what have you to do with me Jesus son of the most high God. I adjure you by God do not torment me. Sounds to me like this evil spirit was trying to resist Jesus because it feared him. Almost seems like it was begging for mercy. Also, this tells us something else. They were terrified of Jesus because of who he is. When the evil spirit addressed Jesus, they they definitely had the theology correct They addressed him by who he is. However, they didn't have the right heart. They didn't have the right motives. And in a way, they were professing a kind of faith in Jesus because they knew who he was and they knew it. They knew the identity of Jesus. And let's be honest, they knew the identity of Jesus better than all these so called religious leaders. But it was not a faith or, or the knowledge of, uh, of Jesus that could save them. And, and we know this because in James chapter 2 verse 19, this is what it says. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. You see, the demon did not want to leave the human host did not want to leave its victim. And I wonder if the evil spirit considered it to be a torment or a punishment to be away from the host. You see, because it wanted to inhabit its host, the human body. And it wanted to do this because the same reason that someone who vandalizes would, would, would want a rock or a brick to throw at a window or a can of spray paint to, uh, to deface a sign or, or, or public property. Or for the same reason, a very violent, evil in individual would want anything that he or she could use as a weapon. Because they get enjoyment from it. It sounds to me like the evil spirit was having enjoyment, causing so much pain causing so much erratic behavior because the human body to, uh, to an evil spirit could also be thought of as a weapon to, to use the, to attack the image of God since they can't attack God because the devil had already tried that and failed he attacks us and let's think about that for a few moments why does the devil attack us? Why do evil spirits attack us? I can tell you why. Because they hate the image of God in us. Since we are made in the image of God. And we know this because it clearly says in Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the birds of the heavens. And over the livestock. And over all the earth. And over every." Creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You see, the evil spirits were attacking that image by degrading the man. By degrading the one created in the image of God. By attempting to degrade us, his creation. One thing is certain, evil spirits have the same goal in us and that is to wreck the image of God. It's clear. However, it is reassuring that their tactics have also been restricted. And and we know this because of what it says in in Colossians, excuse me, Colossians 2:15. It says, "He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him." They were restricted and disarmed because of what Jesus did on the cross. Restricted them. And we need to understand that we as Christians can still be deceived when we are intimidated. How does he do that today? How does our enemy, the, the devil, the evil one, still intimidate us today? How does he still degrade us today? Because he puts fear in us. He makes us question our beliefs. He makes us question our own salvation. He makes us distrust God. Distrust each other. But you see, he's working hard to get us to do all these things. We want to know why. And we need to remember this. And also, this needs to bring us comfort. The devil, just like the evil spirit, fears Jesus, fears God. The second thing that we need to consider this morning that we know Jesus has authority is because the evil spirit was limited. Did you all notice that? The evil spirit is limited. In verses 9 through 13, it says again, And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd numbering about 2000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. Now we're probably wondering why would Jesus allow this? Has anyone ever thought that? And there's been times I've, I've wondered that too. But quite possibly, maybe, you know, Jesus' reason for asking the Spirit's name in, in the first place was maybe he wanted everyone that was witnessing all this, and even us to read it today, the extent of this problem. Because it was a big problem. Because, you see, the man was not filled with with just one demon, but many. And that is why the Spirit responded my name is legion i find it interesting as as history tells us that a roman legion consisted of about six thousand men now i'm just pointing that out as being interesting i'm not claiming that there were six thousand evil spirits in this man but i'm just saying that this is something to think about And we don't know for sure how many spirits was in this man. All we knew is that there are many. From the Enduring Word commentary, um, David Guzik had this to say. This is how he put it. Could it be that when the evil spirit replied Legion, they really weren't saying a name, but simply trying to intimidate Jesus with a large number? It's like Legion saying... There are a lot of us, we are organized, we are unified, we are ready to fight, and we are mighty. Yes, the evil spirit was limited, but also he was showing fear. He was playing the only card he had, that we are many. He was trying to use the strength in numbers threat. However, Jesus' power is far greater than theirs. And when it comes to spiritual warfare, we must never get caught up in foolish and counterproductive thoughts or beliefs because our enemy is limited. We'll go back to the book of Luke, chapter 8, uh, but this time in verse 31, it tells us, And they begged him not to command them to, to depart into the abyss. Evidently, the evil spirit did not want to become idle. It didn't want to leave its host because it was having too much fun causing so much damage. As, As Charles Splurgeon once said, Satan would rather vex swine than do any mischief at all. He is so fond of evil that he would work it upon animals if he cannot work it upon men. Truly evil. Something else that that we read that's very interesting here once again the uh, the demon acknowledged that he knew who Jesus is and also they cried out to him in a loud voice it's almost like they were praying to him it sounds like they were praying to him yet not surrendering to him and the demons would have rather have entered the pigs rather than being inactive, or if they were not going to be allowed any longer to uh, to uh, to inhabit this poor man because they hate to be idle. You know why? Because evil is bent on destruction. This evil is this evil spirit was bent on destruction. But they were limited because, if you notice something, they needed permission. So they asked for permission to enter the pigs. We also need to understand that the devil, our enemy, is limited. He doesn't have the power that God has. And the destructive nature of these spirits was shown in their effect excuse me, on the pigs. It says in John 10.10, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, these evil spirits, just like their leader, they only have one goal. That goal is to confuse us, frustrate us, to make us rethink our faith, to destroy us. They couldn't touch God. They could not overthrow God. So they are trying to destroy us because we are made in his image. So they're attacking us. And you see, Jesus's authority is displayed over the evil spirit because he allowed the demons to enter the pigs instead. And we need to understand this was not done in the moment. This was intentional. Intentional. And I wonder if this is because Jesus wanted everyone in attendance to actually see firsthand the, the destructive power of the, uh, these evil spirits when they destroyed the pigs. They wanted them to see the devastation that they were wanting to cause. What the, what, what the evil one wants to cause upon us. But they were no longer allowed to, to, to destroy the man, so they asked to, to destroy the pigs. However, the evil spirit was limited. Jesus is not. And that's very comforting. The third thing that we need to consider this morning uh, uh, about how Jesus has authority is because the evil spirit played right into God's Did we notice that as as we read the scripture together? Everything was used to glorify God here. Verses 14 through 20 says this. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what was it that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there, Clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. Something very significant and and very interesting is happening right now because, you see, apparently the so-called witnesses, onlookers, all these people they seem to be more afraid now of this free man, this man that had been set free, this man who had been cured. They seem to be more afraid now. Because when they saw the man in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus, that's when they became afraid. Because you see, it's hard for them to accept this. What is interesting is that the people didn't seem to mind having a demon possessed man who was erratic wild and damaging to himself and others around living in their tombs however it appears that they did mind having Jesus around so they asked him to leave asked Jesus to leave could we ask Jesus to leave And what did Jesus do? He didn't cause a fuss. He didn't argue with them. He left. He left. And when we become more afraid of what Jesus does in our lives than for the problems itself and what what the evil one does in the moment, so many... So often or not, we ourselves find ourselves pushing Jesus away. And sometimes not even realizing it. But the man who had been set free by Jesus, did you all notice he truly wanted to be with Jesus? He wanted to be with Jesus so much he wanted to go with him. He was not just thankful about what Jesus did for him because, you see, this true change in his heart showed that he had desire to be with him, to serve him more. This is significant because when we change, when we repent, when when we truly have a love for Jesus, we seek Jesus more and more in our lives. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This man was a new man. He put off all all that was damaging him, and he was focused on Christ. Apostle Paul also said in Ephesians 4.22-24, To put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So if this man earnestly wanted to follow Jesus so passionately wanted to be with Jesus, then why would Jesus not allow the man to accompany him? I found this interesting. I wonder if, if this is because he knew that the man had a more important ministry if he stayed behind. He was of use to God now by remaining in his village. And among his peers. He was to remain. And tell others about what Jesus had done for him. Because you see. The evil spirit had played right into God's will. And Jesus used this. Encounter. To not just. Heal a man. But begin to share. His gospel with this community. And that is why he asked the man to stay behind. Play it right into his will. In, in conclusion this morning, I think that we can all agree this morning that at some point in our lives, we have a hard time understanding what God's will is for us. Sometimes we get confused and sometimes we even get Annoyed or frustrated because we have no idea what's going on. I'm sure these people had no idea what was truly happening. Because you see, these people made a very selfish and, let's just be honest, a flat out evil re- request. They pleaded with Jesus to leave their region. Told him to leave. Can you imagine? And Jesus honored their request but once again the man who was set free made a godly heartfelt request and Jesus said no how do we feel whenever we just know that God says no to us it's hard to understand why he says no But trusting God's will is never easy. And the good thing is, is he sees the big picture. We do not. I'm sure the man was disappointed, but you see, Jesus had a bigger plan for him. Because you see, the man himself now had a message in which he was to share. Today, I guess we would call this the man's testimony. And we all have a testimony, don't we? Do we all in this room have a message to share with others? Do we not all have a story to share? I'll tell you one thing, the man who was set free now sure did. Once again in verse 20, it said, And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. Everyone marveled at this man's story. They were fascinated. It got their attention real quick. They saw that he was no longer demon possessed, but he was in his right mind. He was excited to tell everyone, look what Jesus did for me. And this man's story is a very wonderful display of what the value of a life is to Jesus. You ever wonder why he left the 99 to go after the one? Because maybe he had a bigger plan for that one to help with the other 99. Because he was using this man who was set free To witness to to the others that didn't believe. The ones who were afraid or having trouble. Because he served as a constant reminder. Of Jesus' mercy and love. And this was no accident. Once again Jesus was there. He knew exactly what he was going to do. And he knew exactly why he was there. He had authority the whole time, and, and this man's story also comforts us, comforts us. Excuse me, by reminding us that Jesus is that with Jesus, no one is beyond saving. No one is beyond saving. No one is beyond hope. Because if this man could be changed, anyone can because Jesus is not limited remember as we go through this week the devil fears God he trembles you need encouragement read Revelation chapter 20 that will give you a big reminder of why he fears God Because he and his minions know what is waiting on them. The devil fears God. The devil is limited. And also, without even meaning to, he plays right into God's will. Just like the evil spirit did in today's text. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because God is in total control. And we, this morning, have been freed from our sins. We have been freed from our sin because of the authority of Jesus, who his worthiness alone has made us worthy. We're going to take a few moments in meditation right now. I want you to take this time to... Maybe confess about times during this past week or past month that maybe we had opportunities and we didn't realize them. Maybe we had failed time and time again. Maybe we need to confess that maybe we are not taking our relationship with Christ as serious as, as, as we need to. Maybe we need to pray that we ourselves become like the man who was set free that earnestly wanted to be with Jesus. Are we seeking Christ every day? Are we the new creation that that Jesus has washed us free of? Let's take a few moments.